0: As Leija
1: shared, that's the life of the Kiai Loko, keeper of the fish pond, a practice about which we'll learn in this episode. We're happy to be with you today as we launch our third episode of Season 2 of Kaleo Kauruau, with our focus on sustainable cultural practices rooted in place on this awesome island of Hawaii.
2: Aloha Drew e Peheoi. pehe oi.
1: Mai ka'i mahalo, pehe oi.
0: Mai ka'i. I'm happy to be here with you as we record another great episode. Who are our mea kipa?
1: Well, today three members of the group that is named Huihoole Maluo will be joining us. They are Kamala, Anthony, Manoa, Johansson, and Nahoko Kahana. Lei, you, Bruce, and I all enjoy a special relationship with these folks. We've spent some truly amazing time together at Honokea Loko, the fish pond at Waiuli next to Richardson's Ocean Center in Hilo. We've learned so much from these folks about traditional aquaculture as a key component of island sustainability, about forms of life that inhabit the fish pond and coastline and the interrelationships, about place names, and so much more. We've had fun with these guys and appreciated their community spirit and dedication to Keokaha and its unique water-oriented environment.
0: Yes, I mahalo you and our Huiho'olei Maluo friends for inviting me into that space and for the relationship that I now have with that vahi. As you know, I was raised on the west side of O'ahu and Makaha is my kai, which is a stark contrast to Waiuli. But now that I've had the pleasure and opportunity to Pohaku or pass rocks to be used in constructing the wall and channel, uh, also plant natives and learn about the history of that place, I now think of that area as my hilo kai. Drew, would you mind introducing the first of our three special guests?
1: It would be my pleasure. Kamala Anthony grew up at Waiuli in Keokaha in Hilo, where she co-founded Ole Maluo as the director. The ocean coastline has been her playground and laboratory from which she's drawn most of her knowledge of Hawaiian culture and practices. It also ignited her interest and her commitment to caring for our ocean environment and working towards a sustainable lifestyle by means of Hawaii's lokuia, or fish ponds. Towards that end, Kamala earned a Bachelor's of Science degree in Agriculture with a specialty in Aquaculture and a Master's of Science in the Tropical Conservation, Biology and Environmental Science Program at the University of Hawaii at Hilo. Since 2010, her focus has been on the restoration, maintenance and management of Honokea Loko at Waiuli through hands-on education and community advocacy. Kamala's story is so inspiring. Lei, would you do the honors of introducing Manoa to us? Ai, HIKI NŌ.
0: With a strong genealogical connection to the island of Hawaii, Manoa Johansen comes from the Hilo area, famous for its heavy and fertile rains. As a child, he was raised amongst many communities focusing on the perpetuation of cultural practices from the taro patches of Waipio, the fishing grounds of Punalu'u, the reef systems of Laihala, the wooden dance floors of Halao Kikuhi, the black sands and canoe clubs of Hiloone, and the native forests of Hilo and Hamakua all of which have helped shape the person he has grown to be. This place-based upbringing has influenced him to pursue his education and obtain an associate's degree in Hawaiian lifestyles with a focus on cultural fishery management, which led to furthering his education studying mapping and boundary systems and getting his bachelor's degree in geography. Mano is a co-founder of Huihoole Maluo, currently focusing on the restoration of Honokea Loko and the utilization of cultural-based learning as a tool to teach the local public charter school students who utilize the coastline as their classroom. This recent restoration journey has instilled in Manoa goals to ensure the sustainability of cultural sites and the corresponding practices appropriate to that area. And we also have the privilege of having Nahoku with us today.
1: Yes, please allow me to introduce Nahoku Kahana. She was born in Hilo, and she pursued her undergraduate education with a bachelor's degree in anthropology and a certificate in beekeeping and she's currently in a teacher program under the Kaho'iwai Center of Adult Teaching and Learning. She's a co-founder of Huiho'ole Maluo, and she is a Kia'i Loko at Honokia Loko since 2011. Nahoku is fluent in the Hawaiian language, and she's skilled in many Hawaiian cultural practices, such as loko'i'a, wetland tarot farming, preservation of burial sites, hanano'e'au, or Hawaiian arts and crafts, and kuana'ike-hawai'i, or Hawaiian perspective.
0: Before we join these awesome folks, let's orient everybody to what a loko'ia is and some key vocabulary. In Olelo, Hawaii, loko means pond, lake, or pool. A loko varies in size and can be under 100 feet in diameter to over a mile wide. The second most important word to know besides loko is i'a. I'a means fish, and put together gives us loko'ia or fish pond.
1: Note that loko'ia are not your average ornamental koi fish pond. Loko'i'a are a highly sophisticated form of aquaculture found only here in Hawaii. Loko'i'a are found in coastal regions and are usually walled off from the ocean by a semi-permeable rock wall known as a kuapa. However, there are different styles and types, and this practice of raising food stemmed from Hawai'ians' deep connection, understanding, and generations of observing natural ecological processes. Loko'i'a serve as an important food source, supplying protein from the fish raised within their walls. And being a kiai or caretaker of a lokuia is indeed an extremely important practice.
0: These awesome kiai loco that are about to join us embody the focus of this season's podcast theme, place-based, sustainable, traditional practices in
1: action. You are so right, Leigh. So let's go over to the members of Hui Ho'ole Maluo right now. Aloha Kamala and Manoa and Nahoku. It's such a pleasure to have you folks here with us today. Um, and Leigh and I were just sharing with our listening audience... Um, how much we've learned from you folks and how much we've enjoyed our time at Honokea Loko with you um, and we really appreciate and have noted the dedication that all of you have to your community of Keokaha and Hilo and that um, the, and all of the Loko that line that particular coastline and we really remember fondly all of those times on Huokai when we engaged in Malama Aina activities with you folks um, with learners of all ages so mm-hmm. mahalo nui for being here
0: Yes, we're
2: happy to have you here, and it's so good to see you guys. Aloha Kako, ka I'm Nahoku Kahana.
3: Aloha, I'm Manoa Johansen,
2: and I'm Kamala Anthony. Oh, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Paia he loko, mai ke po o vai
4: kapuna vai he mai he mai oh honokea kaloko oh vai uli keve he lokoi aku a panoia kahē kahē ko loko. Kahe kahi kawai, kahe kahi a nā
1: loko,
0: e Mahalo nui for sharing that mele with us, and I know there's a lot of information in that that introduces the space to us, but for those who have not had the opportunity to experience the beauty of Honokia Loko, could you please give us a short introduction to place, as far as where it is, what it looks like, sounds and feels like, and of course, what you folks do there.
3: Okay, so um, Honokea Loko is located um, at the end of your Keokawa Drive. Um, we're, we're in an area called Waiuli. Um, Waiuli is very cold. The water is fresh, 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 and it comes from Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea. Um Honokea Loko is maybe about an acre in size. Um, and yeah, Honokea Loko is, is where we all work, where we all play, where we all swim.
2: So, yes, I'll add to, to what Manoa is talking about, this location, um, Honokea Loko, along the Kiocaha the Kio- coastline. Like he said, it's a brackish water environment. Uh, freshwater and saltwater mixing together to create this pristine ecosystem that allows for the opportunity of Loko'i'a, a fish pond in its most simplest form, Um, but not only a fish pond, a place where people, uh, more specifically, entire communities come together to build a relationship with a single space to provide food for that community. Uh, So understanding this place and uh, learning from Kupuna has allowed for uh, that same opportunity for Hui Ho'olei Maluo. Um, And Hui ole Maluo is us group of friends talking today. Nahoku Kahana, Manoa Johansson, and Kamala Anthony. We are the founders of Hui Ho'olei Maluo. We our foundation um, is Honokia Loko, and we started off as as friends. Um, prior to us being an organization, prior to us being a nonprofit entity, uh, we grew up. We all grew up together, and and I think that has allowed um, allowed us to be so successful. Is that uh, we have built trust with each other, and our ohanas are all very close and. Um the pilina, the you know the the relationship that we share with one another is so strong. Um, and I think that's what we're here to talk about today is that journey, and that we hope to to maybe engage other people, um other community members who who are interested in this kind of work so that we can begin to strengthen our relationships to one another in the community and, um, yeah, sustain our communities better.
4: Okay, so um, a little history about Vaiuli. Um The Malohana were the original caretakers of this aina. Um, they resided at Vaiuli, um specifically in a place called Puakahinano. So if you go down to Vaiuli, there's still the hollow grove all the way in the back. Um there's not the hale there of the Malohana, but Puakahinano in the Moolelo is the place where they where the Malohana resided and we still honor um, one of these Vahipanas of um, um so the historical landmark that resides at um, Hona, um is Hale Likikini. Kini was built in the 1920s by Papa Malo, the father of the Ohana. Um, It was built as a gift. Um, George Richardson was a doctor, and he helped the family when they got sick with typhoid fever. He had a boat. He came, picked them up, and he helped save their lives. So as a mahalo, um, Papa Malo built a vacation house for their family to come and stay there. And when he built the Hale, he built it as if it was a ship piercing through the ocean. So when you go down there, you can see the um, Pohaku pillars, that how the house is constructed. And you can like literally see it, like, you know, imagine yourself there and a tide wave is coming and you just picture the house as it, as it is like a boat, a ship piercing through the sea and um, it still resides here to this very day, um showing the connection of Papa Malo to the space and you know his pilina to the wahi, yeah, his connection to that Vahi. Um that's kind of what we're striving for is that reconnection, reconnecting to place and the space, yeah. So that's kind of like our our reminder, like, okay, this is the level of connection that the Malohana had with this Vahi. So how are we gonna get to that level so that's kind of like a thing that we can like you know compare ourselves to like the level of where we need to be (laughs) in that space you know
2: yeah and that that hale that she's talking about hale likikini just to provide a little bit more reference to is the richardson's is now what is the richardson's ocean center right Mm -hmm. and so exactly what nohoku is saying that that Hale was built by Papa Malo. His connection um, to that space, that Hale being there over hundred years now, still standing, is a testament to his connection to that place. And so, exactly, we're trying to be like Papa Malo in a sense, right? <laughs> be so well connected that whatever we build and whatever relationship that is built in that space can remain there for many, many, many generations to come.
1: I'm curious for. Would you would you folks mind sharing a little more about Waiuli and um Richardson's as as names for that area? As well as any other um, place names that you haven't shared yet?
3: So Waiuli is the name of the traditional area that we work in. Um Waiuli is the name of the of the bay itself and the the area within that bay. Um Waiuli got its name because of the amount of fresh water that that you can get there um, all the way to where the, the bay ends. We, we call it the drop off um, and that amount of fresh water is, is why essentially Waiuli why got its name. Um, the Uli aspect of it is, is that area of the drop off where the fresh water, the brackish water kinda meets the salt water and that that connection between the two, um, the Uli. Um, the name Richardson came up after, you know, after time, the Richardson's Ohana resided there and entities like the state, the county, they they acquired the property and um, people familiarized it with, with the family. So it, they stuck the name to the place. So Richardson's Ocean Center it is what it is because of the the Richardson's Ohana. Mahalo.
2: Um, I'll, I'll just add that the difference between using Waiuli and Richardson's is something that we we learn. Is that when you say Richardson's every time, you know, uh, the power in that name is that you're always remembering that, oh, this Ohana Richardson's lived here. You know, it almost puts... It as if the Richardson's Ohana owns this space still. But when we say Waiuli, then we're giving life and mana to um, to what that that meaning is. And if we think about what Manoa said as far as it being the relationship between the, the freshwater that's coming from Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea to the drop off the deep blue ocean, then we're giving life to all of the 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 things that live within and the relationships that are built within that ecosystem.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, so going from Honokea Loko, um, Honokea Loko ia is specifically the pond. Um, Honokea is the bay. Hono is um, bay and kea means white, so Honokea, we like to honor that name because growing up, we never we didn't, we weren't familiar with these names. We had to dig it up and find a cultural assessment and, you know, get the interviews from the Malo Ohana's um, grandchildren talking about these places. That's how we came to know that, you know, of these places. Yeah. So when when we were small, we never know any of these Inuas. But now as Makua, we're trying to honor these places for the next generation. So Honokea is talking about the White Bay. Yeah, that resides right outside of Honokea, Lokoia, So Honoka loco is like loco is inner. So that makes sense why they call it the locoyo, because it's the inner part of Honokea, but it's also a part of it. Um so just with Vahipana, the Vahipana names kinda tell exactly what the space is or how it functions. So anywhere you go, um we like to honor the names because the name tells the story, tells the function of the place. Um That's why we believe, okay, the kids, when we go down there, use the name Honokea. And we believe that since we've been using the name, the white sand's been coming back to the bay. Mm -hmm. Um, We are trying to honor the names, all the names of the place. So we got um, right outside of Honokea. If you look out to the point um, towards the right, if you're looking out to the ocean, you can see like a slanted rock and it's known as Umiki. kind of almost looks like a um a shark fin or like a whale breaching out of the water um umiki, yeah, is sort of malo ohana they have a genealogical connection to the umi ohana um of course we know that was an a powerful ali'i that was from ranged from Waipio all the way here to Hilo side so he had his connection to the malo ohana and umi is you know that relation to Umi and Ki is like, you know, like the the grabbing of the, those waves, those currents, like grabbing into the bay, the ki, yeah? the ki action. Um, it also looks like a ki, you know. And then there's other things maybe you guys wanna throw in there.
3: Yeah. Um if you're if you're um like Naoko said, standing at Honakea, standing at Waiuli and you're looking out to the ocean. Um, Umiki would be kind of toward your right and following the surf line going toward your left. Um, we have a bunch of islands in the bay and the main island there, um, we learned that its name is Kalahikinui and Kalahikinui sits next to Kalahikiiki. And these names being Kalahiki, the rising sun. And Nui and Iki not just because of its size of the islands itself, but Kalahiki Nui being, you know, the connection to to the longest day of the year and Kalahiki Iki being the the shortest day of the year, which um we know that there's two of each in a in a whole year cycle, two equinox and two solstices. So, um we know that Papamalo, um, having this big relationship with, with his area, with the, the little, little, uh, places within Waiuli itself, yeah, he knew that these sets of islands, um, could calculate the times of the year for him. Um, Kalahi uh, to us, we 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 go out there and we see Limu, we see um when the Limo is there, uh what kinds of Limu, you know, there, there's Limu uh almost the whole year, yeah, and sometimes there's not, but um
2: Yeah, at Kalahiki Nui just going off of what Mano was saying about the different limus and stuff. Kalahiki when we when we arrive, um, you know, walk out into um, the bay on a low tide, and we're able to actually get on on um, that papa with the with the kids. We're able to see uh, the abundance of waiuli in different ways. Yeah, with a different type of limu, we have limu aki aki, limu kohu, um, limu palahalaha, all the different, and we have all different kinds of crabs and puhi and um, so much life happening um, right there in that location. Um, And it's kind of in the border between, you know, the uli and um, the inner uh, shoreline space. So it's really cool to see all of that abundance in that one area. Uh, And then furthermore, if you go inland um, from Kalahikinui, in Kalahikiiki, you reach uh, Kailiwai, and Kailivai is the name of one of our favorite swimming spots. Uh, we grew up swimming there. It's, you know, this tiny little um, kind of inlet with nice sand. From the outside, there's all papa. So, you know, if you're out on the road, it looks like uh, all uh, papa, and, um, but when you get in the water there, it's all nice and sandy, so it's a really a fun spot for all the kids. And Vai actually is a a newer name. It's not one that we had to, um, that we got from, like, Kupuna um, and actually named by a group of friends. Um, It's also named after that song by Napua Greg, uh, Vai. She's talking about um, all of the... uh, um, the things that you can do there and, and named by Manaya Kalani Kalua, he wrote the song. Um, and then if we move uh, kind of to the, to the right, oh, Ka ili vai, the mana'o behind Ka ili vai is, uh, Ka is like that, you know, that kind of force that, um, you know, kind of like the sound Ka, boom, you know, um, and Iliwai is surface of the water. So it's talking about how, the amount of fresh water um you know caused to the to the surface of the it's hard to describe ca, right because <laughs> it's it's um uh it's how that water um bursts to the surface of 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 the water the fresh water so when you jump inside it kind of like um chills your your body um and very, very comforting um, in a sense. If you're from Kilauea and you like cold water, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's Kailiva. And then if you move further to the to the right side, we end up at Hokeo. And that's uh, the classroom space in a sense. And Hokeo is also a newer name that was named by Manai, uh, based on our relationship to that place. And it's a little cove of Aina between um, the loco and kailivai where we're able to conduct our like classroom space. This is our meeting space. This is where people prepare to go in the water. And hokeo is the name of a, a fisherman's calabash, traditionally known as a fisherman's calabash. So if we think about the fisherman's calabash where he carries his hooks and his line, where he prepares to get in the water, uh, we use hokeo, that space, in the same manner we're prepared to go surfing, and we're prepared to, um, you know, work in the loko ia, we conduct meetings, and so that's, so we have no names, and we have, you know, kupuna names, and we've learned that um, vahipana are important in that sense, because, like Mano, like Nahoku was talking about that. Once we use the name, it starts to review how that place functions, and then that pelina, right, that relationship that is shared. We know how to efficiently work in that space because that inoa is um, providing that information.
0: It shares the function and how to interact and how to behave, like you mentioned. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: That's beautiful to think that the practice of, of giving names to places continues, right? Because I think a lot of times we're we're kind of focused on, you know, tr- so-called traditional or more ancient place names, but it, it reminds us that it's a it's a practice that continues today, which is actually an integral component of this mm-hmm. season's podcast too, right? Reminding all of our listeners that the that the cultural practices that you folks are, highlight are maybe rooted in, in a much earlier time, but um, continue today and in in new forms in some cases too.
2: Yeah. And I I think that's not something that we, we understood that we were going to come in and create new names. It just happened organically and naturally where we figured like, okay, well this place doesn't have a name. And these, these names that are given, they often happen because of the relationships that are shared. Like even with the kids, they're naming the spaces based on how they're operating in that space. And so Instead of saying, oh, over there by the coconut tree um, or by the five coconut trees, they're actually giving it a specific name that can be passed on and it gives direct, you know, good direction and function to that space. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. It also highlights their pilina that you folks are, you know, the pilina that all of you as a community are building and growing. And it um, also speaks to the importance of olelo Hawai'i and and using the traditional names or the newer names in place of the Olelo Pelicania kind names yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that, that dot the coastline and all over the islands itself, you know, just instead of having um, these English names.
1: Would you folks mind sharing a little bit about the origins of Loquia and maybe um, the functions and the, the technical aspects of them too? their characteristics
3: so, Loko'ia started, um, as we learned, um, in an area called Ale Amai on Maui in Hana. And the Loko'ia was created by um, an Akua. His name was Ku'ulakai. And Ku'ulakai lived with his wahine. Her name was Hinapuku'ia. And um, they had a son. His name was Ai. Ai. And they were in charge of creating this locoya, but also uh, taking care of what comes in and out of the that fish pond. I would I would say um, that that specific lokoia, um its name is Leho'ula, and it it was the first man-made fish pond um, made by Ku'ula'kai. Kai. Uh, besides. Uh, that type of fish pond, so the man-made fish pond Loko Iyakuapa, are kupuna of many different types of fish ponds. Um, the most basic uh, natural fish pond being a kaheka, um, or just like a, what do you call a kaheka? A taipu. Um, so kai so creating this fish pond. Um, Utilizing the fresh water, utilizing the the shallow area of of where he built Lehula, um, he knew that the fish would come in um, and get familiar with the shallow area and eat from the fresh water, eat from the limu, and um, grow this connection that would make them want to stay in the fish pond. And
0: feel um, safe.
3: Feel safe. Yeah. Um, and you know when when you feel safe when you get familiarized, yeah, um, you grow old, you have family. So the the fish itself became more became became bigger, became you know the population grew within the fish pond itself, um, and that was the our origin of of Loko'ia. As practitioners of Loko'i'a, I would say that that is the 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 outline yeah the outline of of what the practice will tell you um so if you build the fish pond the way the the environment will tell you to build it um where to put your makaha or your gates um where to set all your stones for your for your wall itself um and naturally the the fish would come in like like how Kula made it to happen
2: Um, Yeah, and in a more technical form, uh, you know, we can look at it as these fish ponds. Before they're fish ponds, they're natural nursery habitats, right? Mm -hmm. Juveniles come in to the shore area to feed where it's shallow, where all of the freshwater is. The freshwater allows, um, you know brings nutrients to the coastline, allowing the limu to grow. Juveniles feel comfortable there because it's shallow and they can feed. That allows them, um, and that allows for the opportunity uh, that Kuula provided for us in a sense that uh, he observed this. He was able to, you know, capture this understanding that if you modify the environment a little bit, uh, the fish will stay and they will raise their families there. And so the system was created in a way that the family was able to to live there and then also uh, be able to reproduce. And that is where the makaha comes into place. Um, makaha is known as a sluice gate, but it's also uh a lot more than that the makaha is the eyes maka yeah of the fish pond uh it's also the breath of the fish pond ha and if we think about um the fish pond breathing that is uh the inhaling and exhaling the tides going up and down ha can also refer to four and we know that the uh the there's two high tides and two low tides. So we can understand that the fish pond is breathing by way of the tide four times a day with the inhale, you know, the, um, the incoming tide, the exhale, the, the outgoing tide uh, every day. Um, and, and I just wanted to expand a little bit more on the value, uh, the importance, the, the critical use of olelo of Hawaii. Um because olelo Hawai'i guides every bit of the practice because, you know, Olalo Hawai'i is the original language or um Makuahine. Um whatever term people feel more most comfortable using was built upon um the relationships that people you know, they they built the relationship with the Aina and those the language was built on that that sustain, those sustainable practices. So if we're not u- utilizing the language, then it's almost like we're starting from scratch, mm-hmm. right? So um, that's why, at you know, O'lelo Hawaii is at the foundation um, of, of being successful at this practice. Um, yeah.
0: No, it's because, you know, the directions are in those, the directions mm-hmm. for the practice are locked in those, names of the different areas, the different mm-hmm. parts, the different uh, fish, everything mm-hmm. that comes in, it'll tell you how it's, you know, the information is there for you to harness.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to take it back to the kua's a little bit. Nah. Um, I want to take it back to Ku'ula, like the purpose, why he created lokoi'a. Um, it was a time of famine. They never had mea'ai, mea no more food to eat. So they built this lokoi'a as a way to feed the people. Yeah, to Malama the people because um they knew, okay, oh food, like what are we gonna do? All the people was going crazy and you know, as this akua, he I, I was like, what are we gonna do? Like they had this Pohaku and that's why like we have kuula kai's in the ocean. You know, we dedicated to that akua because that pohaku, like when you build that shrine in the kai. That's, that's ku'ula, like, you know, snaring the fish, attracting the fish, yeah. And that's kind of like the practice of loko i'a, like, ensnares that, you know, all that i'a and all that resources coming to hanai, to feed kanaka. And that's what ku'ula set in line for us. And in honor of ku'ula, that's what we're trying to do, yeah. Like, peheya, how are we going to hanai the kanaka? How are we going to ola from... You know this this source that he even provide for us, like he even show us the ways. Like, are we paying attention? You know, to what he did and what he provided for us. So, kind of going off of that, you know, like, cooler. Like, it's still yet known. Like those shrines, yeah. You build that that even like in places like Miloli'i, they still practice feeding that koa, yeah, and that attracts the male So kind of like the same thing. You know, like, stands stanzas that koa, like, hanai koa, and then you're going to get food to eat, yeah. So, like, bringing back that, you know, from, that was from the aqua, and we just got to keep that connection to the source, you know, going back to the source, yeah.
0: And the reciprocity. Mm-hmm. Aye. Mm-hmm. Kokuaku, kokuamai.
4: Aye. And because if we don't, you know, ignite the source, then pow. Yeah, mach Dead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that sounds like that's the, you know, foundation of your folks' practice too, right? That that, that piece of, about reciprocity. Could you share with us a little bit about what you folks do at Honokea loco and, and maybe in nearby areas too?
2: So Hui Hoole Maluo, uh, we came up with this name together as a team. Hoole is that action of throwing Uh, the net, the throw net Uh, ho'olei that's also a strong connection to all of us, all of our ohana um, you know, upena, ho'olei upena, that has been a method of practice that has fed our families Um, and so ho'olei, that action of throwing the net, casting the net and then maluo refers to practicing the careful use of natural resources and so in the work that we do, we hope that we're casting that net and sh- sharing out the careful use um, of, of natural resources in a sense, in a technical uh, sense of the, of the meaning. Uh, and that's Hui Ho'olei Maluo. We started in about 2013 at Honokea Loko'ia, where we were conducting uh, research as UH Hilo students. You know, uh, through Kiaholoa STEM program and uh, other programs. Uh, And that allowed us to continue the work that we did throughout our college career. And then we started to build up rock walls using examples like Haleolono from down the road. And Haleolono, when we were growing up, we worked a little bit through high school, but very little experience that we had. That was the Primary example that we had in the community of a locoia and what a functioning loko ia was and what locoia were for. And so when we got together as a team, we realized that, you know, locoia are abundant throughout Keokaha and why not start something where we grew up, um, where our families grew up. And so that was the beginning of Honokia Loco um, through research and then building up rock walls and then realizing, well, we need to share out this information if we want it to be something, you know? So we started to reach out to the schools, our local schools, Kaumeki Kail, Kiana uh, La'ana, Lanakila, those are our our kind of first partnering schools. We started to share out the information that we knew, the Vahipana that we were learning about. And so we realized at that point that this was uh, something that was needed in the community, and somebody something that teachers were seeking seeking for is that opportunity for students to have an outdoor learning in uh, environment where they're engaging in um, you know, they're applying what they're learning in school directly to the benefit of their own community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's where the term "steam" comes from, and when we started to implement those. Um, science, technology, engineering, mathematics um, uh, curriculum where students would conduct studies specifically related to Loko'ia. And um, that grew into partnerships with uh, UH Hilo and through Kipuka and also Kiaholoa. And furthermore, you know, we realized more and more that. Students have been reaching out to us. Any student who's doing research along the Keokawa coastline have been reaching out to us more and more about their work and wanting to be in, in, involved in the stuff that we're doing and so that we, they can build stronger projects. Um, yeah.
0: Mahalo Nui for sharing that. Um, just so we get an idea, would you mind sharing what a typical workday looks like at Honokio? What would people expect to do if if they were going to go and kokua?
3: Our workdays are usually set once a month. If you come down to our workdays, you know, we'd, we'll introduce you to the vahi. We'll get ready in in Hokeo. Um Hokeo is is always our our spot to to start off the day at the pico um, pico o hokaeo. And our workdays is usually consist of um, some kind of hana outside of the pond and inside the, inside the water. So whether it's, it's harvesting pohaku or building the kuapa, the wall, like working in the mala, um, taking care of the, the, the kalo, the, yeah, um, what else?
4: Learning mele, learning mele, doing, um, tide songs, water songs, mm-hmm. um, connecting us to the environment around us. Um, doing hey with you. Um it's very multifaceted.
0: Yeah, if you think locally, uh, it's not just about a body of water; mm-hmm. it's the surrounding areas, and you guys tap into all the different um, ways of interacting with that environment, like how you mentioned amala, and then mm-hmm. getting in the water, or you leave there feeling so much better. You feel at ease. You feel that. This place is definitely growing on you. And so you learn all kinds of stuff. It's not just um, learning about, uh, like I said, a body of water. There's there's so many different things you can learn. Every single time you learn something new.
1: And, and you folks have introduced us to so many of the, the people right, who live in that area. And by people, I don't mean human beings, but all of those different marine and aquatic organisms, Right. Um, who are so special, and, and it, you know it, your your folks aloha for them, is it comes through each time as you you know share their names and and their habits and where they're found with with our our students with our learners. Just a quick question: um, Do you mind sharing the names of some of the the fish people who live around Honokea Loko?
3: Yeah, um, in Honokea Loko we have Aholehole, we have Amaama we have Oopu. We have a, a few types of Oopu, like the Nakia and the Akupa. Um, we have the Opai. We have Opai Huna and Opai Oiha'a. Um, there are two types of camouflage shrimp. Um, we also have... We have Hapawai, and Hapawai is a type of... of what would you say? Snail. A type of snail. Um the hapovite we noticed when we started cleaning Honakia Loco that that they naturally came like out of nowhere, like out of the dirt or something. They just appeared. Um and we learned over time that hapovai are are indicators of water quality. So th- they're a big guy for us. Um we also have Koloa, we have Auku'u, um, we have Ulili, and Kolea, and Akekeke, which are all types of native birds. We have um, sometimes non-native birds. We have like, at one point we had these geese that were coming, That they're cool. <laughs> we have, um, what else do we have?
0: I think there was an instance of somebody introducing species oh, yeah. that shouldn't have oh, been there. Yeah,
3: yeah. um we, we learned that um in the back part of Waiuli that that we have a that we have somebody introduced tilapia into the water um in the ponds at Pukahinanono we we also have this introduced limu um, it's a type of aquarium limu, so you know if it lives in an aquarium um, and is doing well, it's gonna do even more well where there's just fresh water everywhere. So it's a it's a big um, problem in those ponds um, because they're they're overgrowing and taking over the pond. Um, yeah,
2: yeah. I think that's kind of the essence around locoia is what we're learning that. Because it uh, is where the fresh water meets the ocean, it's in this kind of special interface between uka and kai uh, where it depends on influence from both. So we're always having to reflect on that and to realize that in order for this to be successful, we need to understand the whole system, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, What's happening on the Mauna is just as as important as what's happening out in the deep blue, right? Because those interactions is where lokoi exist. Uh, And so it's really exciting and it gives us a lot of work to do. (laughs) Uh, But I think that was one of the challenges for us as a hui in kind of building the relationship there and helping to in the work that we're doing with the community is that we were lucky enough to start off at a beach park and i'll say this like again and again because oftentimes when you see different entities throughout hawaii uh they're uh in really kind of protected areas lokoia honokia loko is in a beach park a county beach park so it it is a public space there's you know there's no fencing people come and go as they please in the evenings, all hours of the day. And so we really had to build the connection with the community to share what the vision is for the space Mm -hmm. um, in order for the community to protect it. We couldn't be the sole protectors of that space because it's a public space. And I think that's what we're all trying to get to is that so people can feel ownership over over these things so they protect it right um so
0: yeah uh, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about what the goal is for huiho'ole maluo and the lokoia in terms of longevity and sustainability and then aina momona
3: yeah um i guess the 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 wider goal is is bringing back this practice of, of Locoya. um, you know, our, our goal in the beginning was to take care of our, our beach park, take care of our, our Loko'ia. um, we all grew up going to this, this beach, going to Waiuli and, you know, when we were younger, Honokia wasn't the, the cleanest place. It wasn't the, the best water quality, um, but over time, you know we we go to the beach we we see it, we see you know things thrown in it, we see the water, different color um and then you know we we all go to college and we we realize like things like that the the resource there is lacking
0: mm-hmm.
3: um and in the beginning, we basically used it as a classroom, used it to to build up that resource of the of the lokoia and you know we we ended up joining this big hui of other lokoia practi- practitioners across the state um and we saw like oh we're we're not the only lokoia that's going through this um going through you know i think one thing that we pulled out of the loco when when we first started was like rusty old pipes oh and like Opala kind of things. And you know, our kupuna wouldn't have done that. Our kulakai Lakai doesn't want pipes in his Lokoya. <laughs> um, you know, so that the longevity of of Honakea itself, of Lokoya in general, is to to feed the community. And um, I like to think like we're in the we're in the best place because in this this Ahupua of Wayaf there's so much Lokoya. And so much that we could be able to feed our community. Mm-hmm. Um, Waiuli is not even close to the biggest locoya in in Waiakea, and um, we learned uh, through the readings and through learning from kupuna and whatnot that Waiakea was special because the community, not being the biggest community, but it was it had a great pilina that, you know, the the fish ponds themselves were well taken care of. Um, they were taken care of by the, the Kanaka, by even the Ali'i would work with the with the Makainana, and the you know that that's that's a whole big spectrum of status, yeah, being Makainana and Ali'i. But if you're working together side by side with with each other, then that creates a bigger resource, a bigger um, sustaining resource. And that um, that Pelina is is kind of the the big a big goal I would say too. Um, get people interacted with with the space. You know, if you're going to use the beach park so much, why why not take care of it? Mm-hmm. Um, and Honokia being right there in your face when you come to Waiuli, it's the first thing you see. Um, before you even got to go in the Kai, you see Honokia. Because it's 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 there before, um, so that that resource we see is is coming back, um, and we like to think because of the the students that come, the the volunteers that come, the community that comes, they all put their hands into it, um, creating such a great resource.
4: and I think for us, we just was like, good, okay, this is our home. Like, if we get a local, you're right here. This is the food source." What are we going to do with this resource? So we just decided, okay, we're going to just malama. Cause growing up in a Hawaiian community, it's like, okay, how are you going to give back to your aina or how are you going to give back to your people Yeah, when you get older? So we're like, here it is. It's right in front of, <laughs> of us. Let's do this. So we got together and we malama this place. And, you know, like growing up, you know, that there's loikalo. Like that was like the thing, you know, but we didn't know about lokoi'a. And then the lokoya is right there in front of our face. <laughs> so, you know, we are we kind of afraid, like we didn't know how to approach it. Like, cause this was something that none of our kupuna practiced, like in our time. So it was kind of like, we had to like reconnect. Um, the reconnection, like still yet is, is we're on this journey, but from where we first started to where we are now, the pilina has grown like significantly. Um, we understand the place. Um, we understand our purpose. And we, are, we still learn every day while we're at the lokoya, whether it's from the Aina from the keiki, or even the keiki teaching us things because of their prili natura vahi. So um, it's it's a continuous thing. Um, the Aina feed us and we feed the Aina and it's kind of like a reciprocal thing between us and Aina and vahi. So just, we continue on this this reciprocity. And with our, our Poe, our Kayau, yeah, our community, um, everybody who works with us. Um and yeah, we
0: Can I ask what some of the changes you've observed since you since the beginning to now? What are what are some of the indicators of how important the work is has, has shown to be as far as the ea uh, or the yeah, you know, like
4: how how has it yeah. come along
1: the evolution?
0: Yeah,
4: I can share one small, hello. Mm. I remember one day we were like, you know, it was after we cleaning, and then I think the tide was going down, and we were all standing on the quapa. And then we seen like a small fish. Then we kept looking out and the chain just kept going. Like the fishes just started getting bigger. And it was like, oh, like, you know, the limb was going out with the tide. That's what they eat. They eat the limu that comes from the vai and the mixing of the kai, the brackish water. And then we just seen the whole chain, like, of what, you know, the purpose of what's going on here. And that was like the coolest thing, seeing from, you know, the i'a that only eat limu to the i'a that eat the i'a that, you know, just that line when the tide was going out and we just was watching it. It was like, that's why we're doing it. This is... This is what's going on, like to like how Just snaring in you know all those yeah, come here, I. I don't know if you guys like, add, that was like my magical moment, like was oh, standing on the wall, like oh my god, look, 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 oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But just you know from small ER to like big ear, <laughs> it was just all in line. And all that vibe was coming out of the makaha to the awai, going into the kai, and we are watching it before our eyes. Like, it was magical. Like
2: Yeah, and I think the interaction part that Nahoku is talking about is, like, those natural occurrences were happening through through the relationship that we had to the space. You know, there was no awai there previously. There was no kuo-paw within the walls previously and we're seeing all of this come back to life and we're not saying it's because of us but because we're saying that because we're paying attention and we have a better connection to the space that we're able to see that like we, that's a privilege right to be able to to see um our connection in
4: action <laughs> yeah and like you know embrace ourselves as kiki aina, you know, like, this is our aina, like, it's shame to like, not have a connection to your place because it's like, what's your function, you know, you got to have function. um, And you got to have na to your vahi, yeah, you got to have connection and you got to understand what's going on. And like I said, always, always looking to the source, yeah, don't forget how we eat, what feeds us, yeah, or aina that surrounds us and how we going to feed, you know, give back to the source, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and we realize more and more that the space doesn't only provide opportunities for people who just, like, you know, Huli Kalima Ilalo, get your hands dirty, but we've had all different kinds of people from all over the world come and participate in, doing things for the local yeah they're not only just lifting rocks and mm-hmm. physical works of being there but we've had you know um attorneys in um training helping us with reading different agreements with the county we've had um photographers come and do different footage drone footage of the area for mapping we've had uh, so many different um practices both traditional and modern come together in this space to create a positive impact on the community and i think that's something that we really um that we really wanted wanted to share and that we really want to um put out there is that you don't have to you know only lift rocks that's not what this is about everybody has a place in caring for the community you just got to figure out what you like to do and where your your space is in doing that. and that's something that we encourage the kids every day we said you know you guys go out and you do anything you want to do do what you love make sure you contribute and reciprocity is number one yeah so yeah something I wanted to add
4: <laughs> whether it's your leo hula you know like yeah. we had halal come down and they rededicated the songs from the Amalo Ohana and they just share that with that space. And, you know, that is awesome. Like just, just sending that vibration out to the Aina and everything that that's living around there. And, you know, that's another way to activate them as well.
1: Mahalo. That was beautiful. Mahalo for sharing your journey. Um, the journey of hui hou Um, it's so inspiring. And, um, don't you think, Leigh?
0: I yes, definitely. It's it's amazing to see how just an idea of wanting to give to your community has grown exponentially and touched mm-hmm. people all over the world. So, mahalo nui.
1: And if members of our community are interested in in participating in any of the activities that you've described, well, how could they do that?
2: So, you can find us on Instagram at hui Maluo. Or you can visit our website. We'll be posting updates on workdays coming up for this year. Oh, website is www.huihooleimaluo.com. We're also excited to announce that we've expanded uh, from Honokea Loko at the beach park. We recently partnered with one of our close partners uh, to acquire a property across from Waiolena, which is known, which we call it Kau Maui and it's a three-acre parcel. Hui uh, Ole Maluo is the owners of this three-acre parcel. Uh, it has uh, mostly local on it. So it's a different ecosystem from Waiuli, but we're excited and and we hope to see everyone there soon. Okay. Mahalo. Mahalo. At Mahalo. Mahalo.
0: What an incredible interview with our hoa, our friends from Huihoole Maluo. We all learned so much about Lokui'a.
1: Yes indeed. And we also got a glimpse of all of the things that go along with the practice of being a kia'i loco, such as the importance of Olelo Hawai'i in describing functions, habitat and ecosystems, the richness of Vahipana, of Moolelo, and the role of Lokuia in society then and now. It's so awesome that this group of young Kanaka have taken the reins and the kuleana of being kia'i of Honokea Loko and carrying the torch to make Aina Momona, a dream of fertile land rich with resources, come through. We all highly recommend getting in touch with Kamala Nahoku and Manoa and the rest of the team at Ole Maluo to become involved physically and spiritually in this amazing community work.
0: Yes, you can check out our blog at hilohawaii.edu slash as well as on Facebook and Instagram to learn more. Episodes are also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Until next time.
1: Mahalo everyone. A hui ho.
0: Aloha.